Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio, featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. taking time to tune in to Spiritual Insights. Our guests today are the spiritual powerhouse couple, Tom and Sue Misery. Sue is a talented psychic medium, and after, after a series of paranormal experiences, Tom began channeling over 40 years ago. Who he began to channel came as a surprise, as it turned out to be a spirit named Abram, who experienced a previous life as a Mayan shaman. Abram's ageless wins. Abram's, Abram's Ageless Wisdom has been compiled into a book that will inspire you to create your life anew, entitled The Art of Reclaiming Your Intention and Power, According to Abram, the Mayan Shaman. I, just, I would just like to say that as children of God, universal wisdom is available to us at all times. And if God created us in His image, then it seems only natural that we, in turn, were born with the innate ability to create. But sometimes we get stuck. We become scattered and have a difficult time achieving our goals. We experience stops and starts and failures and semi-successes. And yet other times we see great opportunity only to see it pass us by. Why does this happen? The answers to this dilemma are in this book. In his unique way of delivering this life-changing information, Abram provides incredible insights into human consciousness and that of the universe, energy, creating and manifesting reality, and how we are all intimately connected. It will help you stretch beyond the limitations of your comfort zone. It will help you remember what you already know at soul level, that you are divine, deserving, and all-powerful to create your reality. All you need to do is change your mind. Later in the show, Abram will deliver a message through Tom for all of us. But first, Please join me in welcoming Tom and Sue Misery to the show. It is so great to finally have you guys on the air. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Thank you, Charlotte. You're quite welcome. I, uh, I, I won't bring a guest on the air until I finish reading the book cover to cover. And I have to say, this wasn't just a, this for me was an experience, and it just it really blew me away because it goes into such detail on how to apply the law of attraction, which we're all now aware of. How, tell us about the beginning and, and what your path was like and what brought you two together. Well, I was living in Milwaukee, and Tom was also, and I came across his center for um, paranormal research, and I signed up to take some ESP classes, and, and that's how we met. And we dated for a couple of months and kind of drifted apart, but we stayed 
within the same group. I was still attending classes, and we still had our, our group together that we did things socially and um, taking these classes. And then we went our separate ways. I went out to the West Coast to Seattle. Tom went to California. And we lost touch for about 35 years. And I had tried to find him a couple of times, I think two or three times. And I had not thought about him for maybe two years. And I was at work one night, and his name just popped into my head. And I Googled him and found him out in Arizona. So I went out to visit I was supposed to go out for uh, a long weekend and ended up staying five months and finally <laughs> had to come back to Jacksonville, and uh, he followed. So Very here we cool. are, and working okay. together, yes. And Tom, what about your earlier life? Were you always spiritual, or did this kind of open up inside you all of a sudden? Uh, no, I was not spiritual at all. I I I never even thought about spirits or the afterlife or what it would be like to be in spirit form or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It all started with the death of my grandfather when I was about 14 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, I had seen him in my room. I was, you know, still with my parents. So I'd seen him in my room uh, when I was trying to sleep and... It just really, really scared me, and I talked to my sister about it. She gave me a book by Hans Holzer, um, something having to do with ghosts. I can't remember the title. I read the book, and I started understanding about it, and then I just dropped it because I was involved at the age of 15 uh, in a band in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And in 71, I was in a different band, and we moved to California, and um, I was at, uh, the girl I was going with at the time, I was at her house. We had a friend visiting us at the time. And I had noticed that there was a ghost uh, in one of the bedrooms. So I said, hey, we're not doing anything. Let's go and try to talk to the ghost in the bedroom. <laughs> so we had no idea what we were doing. We walked in the bedroom and, you know, who are you? How did you die? What are you doing here? What's the deal? You know, mm -hmm. I started getting answers to the questions. I did not hear a voice, but the answers were kind of like inside of me. So somebody would ask a question, and I would say, well, this is what I'm getting. So after a while of doing that, I said, you know, we need to get out of this room because I'm getting sick to my stomach and all the signs when there is a spirit present. You get heaviness on your chest a lot of times. Yeah. So they went into the front room, and I went into the kitchen to get a drink of water. On my way to the front room, I was stopped. I couldn't move. And I said, something is happening. Watch me. Make sure I'm okay. Okay. And all of a sudden, this voice came out and started reciting Shakespeare. At the time, I was a drummer. I didn't know anything about Shakespeare. Yeah, of all things. So for a few... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And while this was happening, I saw the rounded front of the stage like I was on the stage... Uh, the gas lights on the front of the stage, the purple velvet curtains. Mm -hmm. And this went on for about three and a half hours. For a few minutes, this personality would talk. And then for a few minutes, I would snap back to Tom and, and say, you know, God, what's going on here, you know? Mm -hmm. um, that was my first experience with channeling. It was not frightening. So I thought to myself, well, either 
I'm crazy or this is real. Now, yeah. he had given a name. He gave us his name, where he lived, the time period he lived, and what he did. So I figured if this is real, I should find him in a library. And I went to a library and did some research, and I found him in a library book. Who was he? So I said, well, he, his name was John Rolfs. He was a Shakespearean actor in the late 1700s in England. Wow. And he was in an, act, he was in an acting troupe that used to perform for people waiting in line to get into the studio to see the main performance. Hmm. So that was my first uh, experience with channeling. That's really interesting. Was, yeah, since it wasn't frightening, I thought, well, you know, and since I found him and knew it was real, I figured, well, if it happens again, I'll let it happen and, and see where it goes. And it's been happening for 41 years. Yeah, it, it just kept going. Okay. Just, well, just kept going. It's interesting because um, I'm approaching my one-year anniversary, actually, uh, in two days, since I started Spiritual Insights, and I've met a number of people who channel entities, including Mary Magdalene, Isaiah from the Book of Isaiah in the Bible, and mm -hmm. now you with uh, Abram and you know a couple other entities. And it's interesting when you read their words, that you can feel the power coming off the words, and you can and it resonates, and it yeah, it's authentic. You can feel the authenticity of the message because of the I get physical reactions, like yeah, yeah. a calm feeling, a stillness, the chills, uh, revelation. Um, your face goes very calm. It's did that start to happen for you to where you had to build your trust with it, or did that happen quickly? Where did yeah, you get no, your direction? At, when I started channeling, there was no one for me to talk to about it. I mean, now you can take classes in channeling with anybody, and there's a channel on every block now, and they're sure. all teaching people how to channel. Mm -hmm. But, no, I had nobody to talk to, so I had to figure this all out by myself, and it actually took me eight years to learn how to get out of the way and trust it so that I would not get in the way. Right. There was um, a doctor in L.A. when I first started. He was a very well-known doctor, and he was working with a, a girl who had, I think it was multiple sclerosis, was not having good results with his treatment. So he came and, and had some private sessions, and Abram would tell him these weird things to do, and I kept thinking, oh, my God, I hope this guy knows what he's talking about because I don't want this doctor to sue me for any reason, you know. Right. And... The doctor came back like a month later and reported to Abram, and he was starting to get results from what Abram told him to do with the girl. So that was pretty much when I figured, well, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. I'll just get out of the way and let him do what he wants to do. And if he ever tells anybody anything negative, that's it, I'm done. Right. I'll quit. Right. Mm -hmm. But it and comes from a place good, of peace. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I've told clients, that if if you get a message and you're not sure, if it comes, if it brings you peace or brings you wisdom, you it's okay. It doesn't matter if it comes yeah. from a turnip. If it, if it brings you yeah. peace or helps someone, then it's okay. If it has yeah. any type of negative connotation or makes you feel uneasy, discard it because you don't know until you really, yeah. it, take, it takes years to study this stuff and really get proficient and know what you're doing. But since we're on the subject of channeling, um, 
everybody's experience is a bit different. I mean, you, what you just described, you had to learn how to get out of the way to, to allow it to come through. There are some people who, let's say, trance mediums, and everybody has a different experience. For me, I, I'm, my conscious awareness kind of just goes to the back of my head, so to speak, and then, and then my physical, my body just does what it, what it does, and the message flows through. And I also notice, tell me if you have this too, when the information comes through, it comes through in a specific rhythm. And it's, you could almost set a metronome to it. And you're a musician, so I know. Do you have that experience where it has that rhythm to the words when it comes through? Um, I, I'm, I'm looking at Sue because I want her to answer this also. But I can feel when he's speaking, I can feel a kind of a rhythm that he keeps. What, what do you think, Sue, when you hear it? What is there like a rhythm to it? or That is a very interesting question and something that I will look at in the future uh, with watching Abram. It isn't something that I've really noticed before. Um, I've, especially in my, in my private sessions that I have with him, I don't really notice that. He's... Uh, if someone is talking too much, he'll tell them to be quiet. <laughs> he'll tell I believe them to be quiet or stop talking. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's he's very polite, and he will let the person speak. But if it's too much, he'll put a kibosh on it and say what he has to say. <laughs> <Zip> it. <laughs> Just quit it. And uh, yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got a and, personality. Uh, Mm-hmm. Pardon? He's got a very cool personality. I like his personality a lot. Ab- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. He will not hesitate to get to the heart of the matter, and he doesn't pussyfoot around. No. And he will tell people what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. And that's what it's all about, because... That's what it's all about, yeah. If we yeah. get out of our own way, we need to hear what we need to hear and stop believing all of these... Um, delusional self-concepts. But with regard to his personality, I noticed um, two things I want to say. As you heard in the introduction, I teach A Course in Miracles, which largely deals with the ego and how it works. And in the book, Abram touched lightly on the subject of the ego and then pushed it to the side, and I thought it was appropriate to what he was saying. What I noticed at first is... In the way he speaks, his speech patterns, he likes to echo himself. He likes to yeah. make a statement and then say it again. And at first it was interesting. And then after a little while, I noticed I started to have a reaction to it. So here's what I gathered. In A Course in Miracles, one of my favorite statements is that the ego will forever have you chasing what it does not want you to find. And this is where we get tripped up where, I oh, that new job will make us happy, a new car will make us happy, a new, re- a new relationship that will bring me happiness. We try to pull happiness into us from the outside. When I studied, first started studying A Course in Miracles, I noticed, and then it was explained to me when I started channeling, that the ego doesn't want you to have certain information. And 
that's one of the reasons I knew how authentic this information was because I would read it, get to the bottom of a paragraph or a page, and immediately forget what I read. And I know that was my ego jumping in saying, no, don't absorb this material. And so for the audience's sake, what I want to basically demonstrate is when you really need information, and this, I will say, is the information you need, or whether it's to get you started or whether it's to catapult you, no matter. But it might, you might think by the end of the show, well, that book sounds interesting. Maybe I should purchase it. And then an excuse will jump in that says, no, maybe another time. Maybe I don't have time or money or there's too much to do. Whatever the excuse is, I would push past that. But you may notice when you read certain material like this, especially when it's channeled and coming from a very pure place, ego will try to let you make you not absorb it so i went back and if that happened i read that paragraph over and over and over again until i could remember it and made a note to myself that this is something important that would need to be said on the air because of the level of purity to this information does that make sense to you guys yeah yeah it does and the nice thing about the information that he presents in the book is that a lot of other books and movies will talk about the law of attraction, but he he tells how to use it in the book, mm-hmm. and he gives examples of how to use the law of attraction and really what it's all about and what it can do. And it's very specific, which is what I and it works yeah. because I did the exercises and had major visions and huge shifts in consciousness. It's it's the real deal. Well, and yeah. I want to I want to make it clear to the audience. This is not a story about Tom saying, "Oh, well, it started here, and then I did this, and then I did this." There's an introduction. You get you learn a little bit about Tom and Sue, and then Abram takes over. It's all everything Abram says about the law of attraction and creating the life that you deserve, and why we feel we don't deserve the limitations of our comfort zones. It goes into so many. I love the law of attraction, but there's more to it, and this supplements that information perfectly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Especially with regard to emotions. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Sue. What I like so much about it is that he's, like you said, very specific as to how the exercises are to be done and the visualizations that he gives and the meditations that he gives and the explanations that he gives. And he, mm-hmm. he literally will walk the reader through how to change their thoughts, how to do it. Everybody says, change your thoughts, but no one gets specific as to how to do it. He does. Yes, he and does. And he, he goes through exactly uh, the steps that you need to take and when to when you're when you're trying to visualize something that you want to create and he takes you through step by step and he tells you when to leave your emotion out of it when to leave excitement out of it and then when to introduce your emotion to it and when to introduce your excitement into it and he he takes people through step by step how to do this and this is what sets the book apart from everything else about the law of attraction and positive thinking yeah i think a lot of people when they when they want something they start using visual techniques and they start seeing it in their imagination or in 
their mind. They start getting real excited about it, and that brings them to the outcome before they start creating the entire thing. And when you go directly to the outcome, it, it probably is not a good thing because you're missing out on all of the things that you need to do and could be doing to take this project, whatever it is, to the final outcome. So all of the steps that are necessary to create it are the actual joy of creating whatever it is that you want to create. So jumping to the outcome could maybe not be a good thing because it might not work out the way you want it. No, he said it disrupts the whole process, like you just said. Um, yeah. I, and I, I wanted to uh, reiterate, like, see how he likes to – his personality is strong, encouraging, and gentle. So it's you can kind of lean on it. But he does like to repeat himself. And after a while, I started saying, okay, now why does he do this? I had mentioned a minute ago that I, he likes to echo. But then I thought, well, it's for someone like me who is a tad stubborn. Maybe I needed to hear it that many times to get it through my consciousness. And towards the end of the book, especially when he goes into the universal laws that help support the law of attraction, because there's not just one law, there are many. And he goes into detail about that. And, and he reiterates a few things, and it was like, okay, now I get it to this level and experience another shift in consciousness. So I think it's perfect the way it is. I just think that some people might react to it depending on where they are in their own evolution. But I would say keep going and inhale it and finish it. Just amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think when something is real and, and has truth, I think a lot of times most people will at first reject it because a lot of people are not used to information that's pure and that has truth because I think a lot of people feel that in order to receive that information and use it they have to change which means that maybe other people in their life have to change too and it, it, it just gets weird but like you say if you push through your limitations and, and quit being a hardhead about it and just read it and just absorb it you'll get a lot out of it a lot you out will. of it. Mm -hmm. How long did it take, Sue, um, to compile everything and put it in book form? Did you have to transcribe everything and then whittle it down? Everything. Um, I had Tom choose, <clears throat> excuse me, I had Tom choose the seminars and the information and in what order he wanted them put, and then I transcribed everything. Uh, it took me a total of about two years um, after I transcribed everything. Then we, ha we went through multiple editings and uh, ended up sending it out to be edited, which just destroyed so much of the information. So I had to go back through and listen to the tapes again and make sure everything was correct. And I'm, when I say multiple editings, I am not joking. <laughs> it was oh, I, many, I many, many. I I had no idea that so much work went into putting a book together, and um, so it took about two years, a little over two years. 
And it's a constant daily thing. You can't just leave it alone for a week and get back to it. It's a labor of love, really. Well, you did a fabulous job. It is. Oh, thank you. And and every time that I read and did editing, and Tom did, we got something different out of it. I mean, we we would look at each other and say – did you get this before? Did you see this before? Did you did you read this before? Isn't this amazing? And it would it it's almost every time that I would read the material, I would get something different out of it. Yeah. yeah. And it would affect me in a different way. Yeah. Since since we finished the book and since it's uh out in paperback, I'm on my fourth read through the book. Um and just like Sue said, it's like when I get done reading a chapter, it's like, man, I don't remember that. That's that's pretty good stuff, you know. And I learn sure. something new every time I read it, which is the good mm-hmm. part about it. Yeah, because you're, he doesn't you're, remember anything. Of course, we none of us do unless it impresses. If it impresses my ego, I'll remember it because I, like I said, I'm kind of in the back of my head, and I would I'm standing in front of an audience. And I just let go and let them take over, and this beautiful dialogue comes out. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is good. Thank God it's being recorded. And I have to go and listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't do yeah. anything without typing it because I can let go and let my hands kind of do their own thing without typing it, or I pull out my MP3 recorder and, and, I, yeah, and I record yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, we record everything that that I do with the channel and everything. Perfect. Because like you, I don't, you know, I don't hear it. I don't remember it. Uh, you know, maybe I can remember 3% of of an entire evening of channeling and then I hear it back and that's how I hear it. And and, and so the reason actually is... mm-hmm. Go ahead. Actually in reading the book like four times, I'm getting to know what he actually said in all of those sessions because I never knew. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But yes, the information is so pure for the listeners to understand. How could you not remember? When you step out of the way and and you allow yourself to be used as something like a telephone or a speaker, your intellectual mind is not engaged. Your right brain, spirit, you know, that higher mind is engaged. You might, like I said, in, in the back of my mind go, oh, wow, this is good stuff. But it's so pure, it's literally in one ear, out of your mouth, and gone. That's the way yeah, it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. There That's is, the way it works. There's one paragraph in the book that hit me profoundly and that it describes what I'll venture to say all of us do at one point or another or perhaps constantly in our lives. Do you mind if I read this out loud? No, go ahead. Okay. This is on page 218 in the chapter. It's about taking action to prepare your goals. It says, and this is basically um, the inner dialogue a lot of us have in our minds. It says, I've done everything I can think of. I am knocking myself out and I am tired of thinking of what I can do to create what I want for and in my life. I think and I try and I do and I think, try and do again. I meditate, I focus, I visualize. I meditate, focus and visualize and I think and I think and I do. I think, I try, I do. I'll try again. 
I'll think again, even though I know it'll be the same, but I'll do it anyway because I think somehow, if I try hard and long enough, it might take place my way. I feel frustrated, but I'll keep doing it anyway. I'll visualize. Oh, that looks nice. I can see it. I can feel it. It is becoming me. It has gone past me. And then in capital letters, why? And this is what we do to ourselves. With all of this, I call it scattered energy, spinning our wheels, trying to force something to happen. And we forget that to create comes from within. And we have to get into alignment, which is what this book does. It helps you get into what I call our PEMS levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual alignment. Once you are in unison, all parts of self, you can then create anything. There are no limits. Miracles are easy to facilitate when you get into that alignment, but you have to get out of your own way. What would you, um, either one or both, like to add to what I just said? One, you know, growing up, watching my parents, I learned that why try because it's not going to work out. And I am now getting past that. I'm 65 years old. I mean, man, it's taken me a long time to deal with that, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have to first understand what is going on inside of you that makes you think that way. And when you can find what it is, then you can get past it. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. Perfect sense. So it's like, I don't I don't think that way anymore, but I, I used to think like that. You know, why even try? It's not going to work out. I tried it before. It didn't work out. Why should I bother? And I think a lot, a lot of people do that. And a lot of people have good ideas come to them, and like Abram says in the book, they don't, get out of their easy chair and do something with the idea so the idea just drifts on and somebody else down the road might get the same idea and make a million dollars from the idea when it could have been you it could have been you it's going to come through either way so either you can accept it and allow it into your life or they'll just go get somebody else but that information has to come here and there's a lot of entities and and god wanting this information to come so it's good yeah of us to embrace our purpose and do these things. Tell you what, let's take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the illusion, we'll talk about fear, fear of rejection, and how reality is actually here to serve us, okay? Okay, great. Awesome. All right, everybody, don't go away. We'll be right back after these messages. The odds of a young girl being discovered by an industry insider while singing to herself pumping gas? One and 300 million. The odds of the daughter of a clergyman from Severn, Maryland spending 11 weeks at number one on the U.S. singles charts? One and 19 million. The odds of going on to win six Grammy Awards? One and 1.4 million. The odds of selling over 40 million records? One and 800,000. The odds of this musician and performer having a child diagnosed with autism? One in 88. I'm Tony Braxton, 
and I encourage you to learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Autism Speaks, it's time to listen. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Explore new areas of interest, expand your knowledge, and gain clarity about your life's purpose at the Ocala Center. Affectionately known as OIC, the Ocala Center, just two blocks south of Town Square, offers workshops, classes, healing meditations, and special events for the Ocala, Gainesville, and Central Florida spiritual community. Check out our calendar of events at OcalaInnerCenter.com. And if you're looking for a place for your next workshop or seminar, go to OcalaInnerCenter.com and give Jean a call. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Tom and Sue Misseri, who compiled the book Art of Reclaiming, Your Intention and Power According to Abram, the Mayan Shaman. And we, I love how he goes into explaining how things are an illusion. It, he just says it in a way that's different enough to make better sense, even though we kind of all know this, but yet we all react to it as if it really is real. And is that what you found as you read through the material once and for all, Tom? Uh, I'm still finding that. I mean, I, I walk out in the backyard and I look at things and, and I think, yeah, this is all real, but it's an illusion. But how is it an illusion? So one day I was sitting out there, and I was looking at a bush in the backyard, and all of a sudden, I saw the bush start shimmering. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it started moving while it was shimmering. And I thought to myself, that's what it's all about, that I'm seeing the energy and not the actual bush the way we think it's real. Yeah. So this 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 stuff is crazy because, like, every... I think I'll be learning this for the rest of my life. This is not something that you learn and and you get perfect at it because you're, you're never going to be perfect. You'll be perfection, but you'll never be perfect. So like Abram says, don't even try to be perfect. Don't try to master your reality because you'll never do it because you're always learning. Everything is always changing. So I'm still learning that that everything is really energy and really an illusion. And that's that's really cool to still be learning that um, because it snaps me back to reality. Reality. Say that exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so what would your response to that be in your experience? I wanted to touch uh, just briefly on what you were saying before we went to break, and okay. that uh, you know what was what Tom was saying about um, having these beliefs that came from his parents, and that in my study in uh, indigenous shamanism is that we carry old stories and we carry these stories not only in our mind, in our heart, but in our muscles, in our body, in our bones. We carry around these old bones. And these stories that we believe that we have been taught since since infancy mm-hmm. uh, and that's uh, the beliefs that society puts on us that our parents put on us that the schools put on us that the government mm-hmm. puts on us that religion puts on us and that we absorb and we take in and we believe and we hang on to old stories that because they serve us and if someone can't let something go, then they really need to look within and see how that story serves them. 
And once someone can figure out, how does that serve me? What does that do for me? Still believing in that and still hanging on to that. And then when somebody can look at that honestly and where it may have derived and how they have morphed it into their own um, different belief or their own different perception or whatever, then they can honestly, when they look at it honestly, then that's when the true change can be made. You know, we can wish all we want to and we can be wishing for the rest of our lives. But, but we're when wishy-washy. you look at old stories... Yeah, but most Pardon? of us are wishy-washy. We make a wish and then we wash it away by not supporting <laughs> what we want because we have, we have to set those intentions. We have to have the desire, set the intentions, and I've understood this for many years, but the way he puts it, it's even better. You have to have the desire. You fuel it with intention, but then you have to act and you have to believe and you have to adjust. And, and most yeah. of all, if you really want change, you have to be able to accept change no matter what it looks like because he goes into content and form as well. Because, okay, you want change and you want peace, but I think the universe pretty much knows what will give you peace better than you do because all you have is your own frame of reference based on what happened as a child. You can't, right. you can't look to a future and, and hope that you can see something totally different from the past because that's not how the mind works. But this helps you let it go, put it in perspective. It even goes into detail about negative people in your life. Absolutely loved what he had to say that, say about that. And it really struck me in the beginning. It hit me hard in the section on fear of rejection and how rejection comes in many forms. And when it comes right down to it, you know, we all have a desire to be accepted. But he's funny in that he's not making a joke, but it, it is kind of ironic. He says, so by now, at this point of your life, you should be so used to rejection that it shouldn't bother you at all. Exactly. But, <laughs> but instead, I laughed, and, it was be, and, and, I, and I thought about it for a moment, and I was like, well, it's because we allow that button to remain, and we remain right. sensitive right. to that insult or that action or that assault depending on what right. you experienced in your illusory childhood. But right. we all have those buttons, and then that recreates a pattern, and things keep happening. And we can some patterns are pretty easy to identify. And since I raised the subject, he goes into identifying much more subtle patterns, such as um, different fears, fear of success, fear of failure. But what hit me the hardest was how people in our lives hold us back. Yeah, yeah. Because whether it's out of jealousy, uh, but people have a way of sabotaging. I remember once yep. when I was around 23, uh, I could be pretty funny. And I thought, I wonder if it would be fun to be a comedian. I'd have to work hard and get the, the timing down or whatever I needed. But I told somebody about it. And I said, I think I'd like to be a comedian. And he just ripped it to shreds. Yeah, right. You're not going to be a comedian. What do you, look at you. You're five foot tall. That'll be the joke. They'll just, you'll just get up on stage and they'll laugh at you. And that took all the wind out of my sails. Oh, my and gosh. I never, and I've thought about it over the years, but I never did anything because I, I needed to get my mind around the idea that don't tell, don't tell people what you plan to do. Tell them what you've done. So I stopped yes. giving them that power to take it like a club and hit me with it. Instead, I sat with it, worked on the idea, got it off the ground, and it was hard to keep my mouth shut. But I got it to the point where 
when people say, what are you doing? Well, here's what I, here's what I've done. Here's what I, and it's too late for them to put a negative critique in there to knock me off course because I'm very sensitive to that. Because That's beautiful. And why am I sensitive? Because it was done to me throughout my whole childhood. Mm-hmm. You can't, you shouldn't, you won't. If you do, I'll destroy it. You know, different things like that. And it's, it gets to the point, like you said earlier, why bother? Why bother? It's only going to, if it doesn't fail, someone will come along and destroy it. But this one paragraph goes into um, about people playing devil's advocate, and it really hit me hard. Sue, do you have the book in front of you? I do. Would you like to read this? It's on page five, the last paragraph, uh, down to, as far as you, okay. as far as they want you to go. I just have, like, the first four sentences. Okay. Highlighted, but Sometimes, go with what you want. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sometimes people will play the devil's advocate and have reasons why your idea won't work or people close to you will find ways of sabotaging your efforts because they don't want you to change or do something outside their own idea of who you are. If you change or your efforts are successful, it changes their world too. And some people like it, the status quo. Many people fear change, so they play it safe by repeating the same dull, boring things they find safe and familiar. They cannot imagine you breaking free because subconsciously it frightens them. If you change, they might have to change too to continue having you in their lives. You may, you may cause them to question their own lives and beliefs, and that can be very frightening for those who fear change. And then underneath that, we have a text box that says, people will reject you because you don't align with their system of belief. They use you as a reflection of their own self. That's amazing. And, you know, I knew what he did to me, and he was a good friend. He would never hurt me. But, but just that one statement really hurt me, and, I, you know, I, I, I carried it for a long time. They know not what they do is what I want to say. They don't know the mm-hmm. impact of their words or their actions. And they, in most cases, they don't even know why they're doing it. But several people in my life have said, oh, well, if you become a success, you're going to forget all about me and you're going to abandon me. So, here, you know, pack your bags, folks. Let's go on a guilt trip. If Charlotte becomes a success, <laughs> it means she doesn't love all of you. Is that absurd? It, it yeah, is. Yeah. It is. And well, that's people, just fear. It is fear, and people worked very hard to give that fear to me. So it's been my job to shed all of those judgments placed on me and get comfortable with who I am without apology. And it took a while, but I'm there. And I can say, my name is Charlotte Spicer, and this is what I do, and this is what I'm good at. And if that makes you feel bad about yourself, I can't help you. That is your issue. Yeah. And I, I will not apologize. Yeah for who I am and what I can do. But people, especially families, because we choose these people to help us with these lessons. Right. But if we can read right. this and then look at those people in a totally different perspective, a perspective of innocence, that they really don't know why they're doing it. They just know that it was a reaction of fear with, with you with this idea or you with this new project or a job or a job that might make you travel or make you move to a different location. Well, how does that affect me? You can't do that. But we need to see these things clearly and learn, as he points out time and time again in the book, your life is about you. You are the 
creator of your life. You are the, I'll call it the happy genius of your existence. If you don't get this, it doesn't matter to God when you get it, only that you do. But eventually you have to get this, that everything outside of you is a reflection of what's inside. So we might as well just break out the big shovel and start dumping all these old stories, like you said, and it's in your body. It's called cell memory. Dump the stories, dump the excuses, and all the reasons why you can't be anything you want to be. Why be an accountant if you want to be a poet? It doesn't make any sense. And like you said, society, schooling, religion, everything teaches you limitation and why you shouldn't do things. And we have to turn this around. I think it's our job, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. He says mm-hmm. he, he says that to take all that you have learned in your life to this point in time and throw it all away and begin all over again in any way you want to because everything that you've learned uh, does not serve you and you'll never use 90 or more percent of what you've learned to this point. Mm. I think that's, that's a, a really, really nice way to look at things. Just everything you learn, just get rid of it. Just Absolutely. do what you want in a brand new way. And if you can't figure out what brand new way to do it, and he always says, imagine a brand new way. And if you can't imagine it, pretend you can imagine it. So there's always a way to do something, always a way to um, imagine a new way to think about yourself or a different way to think about yourself. Uh, if you just play the game because he says everything is a game. Life is a game. Play the game. Mm-hmm. It, play it. And he, he, yeah, and he says it's not that life is not serious, but play it as a game because it's not real. It's all energy and it's really all an illusion. And if you look at things that way, it just takes a lot off of your shoulders. It takes a lot of pressure off of you. It really does. And he relies heavily on the imagination. Like like you yeah. said, it, it, it's, it might take practice. And he's okay with that. Yeah. But but he says, yeah. do it right now. Close your eyes right now and do it. And I'm like, well, i got to read this paragraph, though. So I read the paragraph, <laughs> and then I went and did it. And then I opened my eyes, and the next words my eyes fall, fell upon were, time's up. Open your eyes. <laughs> but he says, reality is here to serve you. And I, you know, as many times as we hear this, to see it, to see my reality through his eyes brought it home to where those failures, those seeming failures, and the way he says it, no, they were actual successes because they taught you to look at it a different way. Okay, it taught you what, how not to make it happen. You have to go a different route. Perhaps we were clinging to some kind of fear, like the, um, the part where he says, you know, you keep a job that you hate because in the future it will allow you to do what you want to do with your life. Does this make sense yeah. to you? Yeah. You know, and it's like, I've no, done it. it doesn't. I've done it too. I've done it too, and what happened? Life happened, and I kept saying, i got to get out of here, i got to get out of here, and I got out of there, just not in a circumstance that was comfortable for me. And I've, I've taught this on the show before. What you, what you really desire, the universe conspires to prove you right. If you think you're not going to get what you want, then it will match that energy. It's all energy, and we have the law of attraction, like attracts like, but he also goes into like attracts the opposite, however, to achieve balance and completeness within yourself. So all those negative people, all those negative experiences, they all had purpose. And I think if you read this book, you'll see it. You'll see it differently without us giving it away. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. For instance, he keeps the comfort things zone. Simple. Yes, and he keeps things simple. He keeps things very simple. He constantly says, we are the ones that, that create the drama and the fanfare and everything else. And he just constantly says, keep it simple. He did. And as I said in the beginning, I, I did the exercises he suggests. I did every one of them. And I had some pretty profound experiences and visions. And what I heard, it didn't shock me because I knew it about myself. I, I kind of laugh at myself. I have these contradictions in my personality where I tend to be messy and yet I'm hyper-organized. There are all these weird contradictions. And I like simplicity, but I also like detail and, and, and complications. For instance, HTML, you know, the coding that builds a website? Yeah, yeah. I love it. It makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> I love it. People look at me, and I can scroll through a screen really fast and say, there's where the mistake is. The energy just jumps out at me. People think, um, they don't know, I don't know what they think, but they, they think I'm nuts. That, uh, And I just find the energy and where the, where the disruption in the energy is, and I know where the typo is of the mistake. But I had this experience where he says to sit and visualize, and I followed all the steps. And a voice said to me, it's about simplicity complications are your enemy. And that was before I got to the chapter that dealt with simplicity and complications. So that reaffirmed it for me because I heard that message loud and clear, and I know I'm not crazy because people pay me to do this. And then I got to the section that talks about complexity and simplicity and playing the game. And the, one of the most important things, there's so many important points here, we're not going to be able to cover them all, but recognizing that reality is here to serve you and that you are the center of your universe. What you put out there is what you see, and you have to give yourself permission. You have to work on that self-worth and the self, the value and allow yourself to see that you do deserve all that you want and let go. And, and jump in and amplify what I said in any way you like. Well, the after giving yourself permission... The next step is allowing yourself to allow everything to happen. It may not happen in your what you want your time frame to be, but there's a there's a definite art to allowing. And that comes along with giving yourself permission. Yes. And, and it also, does take practice. It does. And he moves into acceptance. What I appreciate about my experience, my life experience, I mean, prior to reading the book, is since I started the radio show, I've experienced these things. And it's, I've been free-falling and loving every minute of it. And he kind of went and described my experience. But now I can look at certain things and say, oh, well, you had a delay. Look how you reacted to it. Okay, now I can adjust my reactions so that I'm not creating more of the same, but I can get back to the joy and the love and the excitement, because I like the part where he says, you know, I like where he says, uh, if there's something you love to do, do it. If there's something you fear doing, do it more. Because yeah. he says, <laughs> you can take your fear and flip it over, turn it into excitement, and that's the fuel that helps you manifest. Mm -hmm. It's brilliant. It, in its simplicity, it is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and it is very simple, too. Yes, 
I had a, a wonderful visualization one night when I was listening to one of his short meditations. And he, he doesn't, uh, a lot of his meditations are short. They're maybe three minutes to six minutes, uh, some are 15. And I was listening to this one meditation about letting, letting reality go and just being in a state of being and not trying to be anything, just be and experience your own energy. And I had a wonderful visualization. I had my eyes closed, and I could see the room that I was in very clearly. And then I had an actual physical sensation of... I was sitting up. I was in in bed, and I was sitting up, and my legs were out straight in front of me because mm-hmm. I can't fold them anymore. <laughs> and, uh-huh. um, <laughs> and I physically felt like I was rolling over to my left-hand side. And first reaction would be to stop it. And it was like, no, let it go. Let, let's see where you're going with this. And, and it was like... Uh, energetically I had flipped over and it was the vision that I had of the room that I was in as I felt like I was leaning over to the left the whole room flipped like there was another reality right underneath it and so the the whole room flipped and what I was seeing was a probable reality a reality that I could absolutely have that was in my grasp and it was just, it was mind-blowing. It was just mind-blowing. Interesting. How often do you listen to the, the tapes and the meditations and any, any of the dialogue that comes through? Is that a regular practice for you now? I try and do it every night. I'm going to say maybe I accomplish four nights a week, mm-hmm. depending on what's going on. Sure. But I, I try and listen to something, even if it's three minutes long. I try and do it every night. But he's very I've, I've tried to get it. Pardon? Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I have not ever been a huge meditator. I'm very good at uh, guided meditation and listening to music, but I've never been able to, um, to, to sit with myself in silence because I get into that very floaty stage and I have uh, a very a huge problem with motion sickness, which is something I've, I've carried from a past life. Past life, and yeah, I can feel it. Yeah, and I know what it is. I know exactly what it is, and I thought, well, once I know that what it is, it'll be gone, but it's not gone because I think there's, I don't know, that's a whole different thing. But yeah, I sure. would get nauseous. So the way that I meditate and the way I get into a zone is in, with gardening. So I've been a huge gardener for uh, 20, 25 years, and that's how I get into the zone and that's how I meditate. So now I have begun, because I'm in the process of intending to expand my abilities, and broaden them and become more aware of of different realities around us. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've started the meditation every night, and I haven't felt any of that so far. Okay. Fantastic. I I have not. Yeah, I must have. So 
I've been doing that every night and then trying to listen to one of Abram's meditations about letting reality go. That's really yes. amazing. It is amazing because we get, it's because of our attachments, our hopes and fears, our expectations. We, we marry ourselves to these ideas and then with our hands clenched around these things, how do you open up your hands to receive? But he takes you through it. His, he's very specific in his chapter about the power of thought, brilliant information. He's excellent with taking you through the steps of allowing, giving permission, allow, and um, act it out, become it, and all that good stuff. And with regard to the, like, the three-minute meditations, people might be wondering, well, what can you accomplish in three minutes? But he tells you. In the space mm-hmm. of three minutes, it's just—it's a thought. It's one of the most powerful creative forces in the universe. And in three minutes, that one thought can travel to the boundaries of the universe and come right back to you, and it's done. And it mm-hmm. makes sense, and it's, it's exciting because I kind of laid out a plan of how, what I was going to do over the next few weeks with my projects, you know what I mean? Just to get things mm-hmm. off the ground quicker and more efficiently. I'm very into efficiency, but I do have a lot on my plate. So I'll see what I can do to untangle my projects and get them streamlined for cleaner results, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I want to bring up, of course, everybody's going to wonder, um, what about money? And he goes into it to such a degree. Um, I, followed, I followed his little suggestion today, and Alan thought I was crazy, but he's like, what are you doing? I said, well, decorating the apartment with money. And he's like, why? Why would you do this? He says, are you, are you giving me money? I said, no. He says, like, ah. Oh. And I said, actually, there's a thing in the book. It says you should put money around. And then as you look at it in your daily environment, you become used to the idea. And then it takes away the anxiety and the stress about how important it is that gets you upset, screws up your energy field. And then now his eyes are starting to glaze over and cross. And that's, that's when you know you lost somebody's attention. I said, but anyway, you know, it's, it's so important to us that we put all of our fear into it, and that repels it when it's what we want the most. And this is just one way. I just thought it was a neat idea, and it stretches the imagination, which is, which is necessary. We have to stretch our imagination to reach outside the limitations of our comfort zones and why we keep ourselves safe with less. Or maybe we're afraid somebody will take it away from us or we're afraid of um, losing what we work so hard to get. Whatever the fear is, this will help you identify it. But I just put some money around, mostly near my candles and, you know, just around. And, and I like the idea that he said, look at it to the point where it gets boring for you. Because in, yeah. in, the, in the vision I had, I saw myself, and I crossed my arms, and I heard the words, it's just, it's just not important. It serves purpose, and it has some meaning, not much, but the importance of it doesn't matter. It's this, and I got it. So I liked, it. I liked where he said later on, just put it around your home so that you see it on a daily, so it becomes commonplace the idea, and you become equal with the energy. I just thought it would be mm-hmm. cool. So I did it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have money everywhere. Do you? Yes. We just take uh, 
at my desk I have a $2 bill above um, a picture of uh, um, somebody that I have on my desk, and uh-huh. we put we put money up on the mirror in the bathroom, the windowsill at the kitchen. We put money mm-hmm. everywhere. It's funny because that's all it is. Money is just energy. It's just energy, and and I I did look at my. I looked at the bathroom and I said, nope, i got to adjust a couple things. Because what I want to do is kind of incorporate a feng shui. I want to put money in there, but we, in feng shui, you want to lower the toilet seat. So I thought, you know, if he's about to take a shower, or, you know, what if it falls in? I said, Let me rethink that, or, or maybe I'll check in for guidance. So I, I walked past the bathroom, but maybe in a certain corner. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll figure out the feng shui. I just don't want that, to create that energy of flushing money down a toilet. Kind of thing, but, but you said because energy is energy. I have to be careful. This is my job. And but you said two dollar bill, which is funny because I collect two dollar bills. That I put around, I made it equal two dollars. It's a mm-hmm. dollar bill and some change because I want change. We all want change in yeah. our life, so yeah. I, I like to incorporate change. So I made it equal two dollars for a cohesive relationship with money at the base of my candles and on. It is, uh, it's funny. <laughs> I get into this, of course, as you can tell. I have an idea. And What's that? If you, if you guys do all the work, it would save me a lot of time. Here's my idea. I thought to take some of these quotations, especially the ones in the text boxes under the, uh-huh. under the paragraphs and, and chapters, uh-huh. and I was going to type them up, print them out, and tape them to my wall as reminders. And then I thought, ooh, they could create quotation cards. Yeah, I... I have actually thought about doing that um, and having a number of cards, uh, whatever, 52 cards or 100 cards or whatever, Mm -hmm. and every day pull a new card because he's given given, uh, weekly messages all the way back to 2004, I believe. Mm -hmm. So I've got about five or six years of weekly messages. And I was thinking about putting those on cards. And every day you pull a card, and that's your message for the day. And that's what you work with. So maybe the message will be um, give up the importance of money, for example, and and just focus on it being something you can play with. And just go Hmm. through your day just thinking that. Right. And have every day be a different message. And like you said earlier in the show, you could pull the same card two months from now and it'll mean something totally different because now your conscious awareness is elevated. Exactly, exactly. Every time you read it, you get something new out of it. Yes, and I haven't said it in a while on the show, but I want to point out that when it comes to applying this stuff to your life, it's like this. Awareness expands horizontally, and we have to allow for that to move in that direction. Consciousness expands vertically. So as you expand your awareness and become more aware of the energies in your life, your emotions, as it says in the book, your emotions and your thoughts are what create and and how to disentangle them. It goes into very specific steps. But being, being aware of who you are and your identity and the themes in your life will help you in the long run to really embrace all that you want out of life. And like you also said earlier in the show, it's going to change. You can't master it. 
But that's the yeah, nature of yeah. the universe. Change is constant. And that's okay yeah. because we'll stretch and, and, and grow with that as well and learn new ways. But imagine the beauty of a gift to be able to say to someone you care about when they have a problem or they're stuck or they can't find a new job or can't get a career off the ground, that you have information that would help them do that. How, how invaluable is that that you could help the people around you by changing yourself? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yep. Yep, well, it is. it's all interesting. All interesting. Mm-mm-mm. Well, I love what he, he goes into the money several times. I also like the concept that being at rock bottom is the best place to be because there aren't any yeah. restrictions as to what you can achieve now. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. You don't have to worry about losing anything. He also goes into the nature of you. illness. Yeah. Brilliant, just brilliant. Yeah. Well, we have a little bit yeah. of time. And I know that Abrams uh, agreed to give us all a message, but I wanted to go into the website, too, and ask you um, if what you have coming up in the future and if people would like to contact you for a consultation. You are a psychic medium. Could you talk about that for a minute, and we'll bring Tom back on and deliver Abrams' message? I would be delighted to. My website is www.mediumshipunplugged.com all one word, mediumshipunplugged.com. I'm also on Facebook, mediumshipunplugged, two words. Um, I am available on Saturdays and Mondays. I do not put a time limit on my readings, and which is something that I, I feel that is very um, necessary when communicating with spirit. I don't like saying, oh, your hour is up and that's it. Uh, so I don't put a time limit on my readings. And at the end of the reading, I like to empower people by putting them through a relaxation, hypnosis kind of exercise where they can connect with someone in spirit themselves. And I think this is invaluable for people to understand how mediumship works and that they can make their own connection and that they they can do this on their own. Hmm. That's beautiful because I always no, say it, it's our Tom's job. Ready. Tom's ready. Start. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Hello, my friend. Hi, Abram. And how are you feeling? Go ahead. Excellent. All right. When you feel a certain way, do you always announce your feeling. Do you always express exactly how you are feeling? Yes or no? No. All right. So, may I suggest to all of you that you should take a look at all of your emotions because you have what you call positive and negative emotions within you. It is very, very important to always express all of them. Express all of them. Because your reality, or what you call your reality, what I call the illusion, your reality is the end result of how you express yourself. Now, even those negative emotions, you can express them with love and by being gentle with how you express them. You do not have to rant and rave. You can just simply, if you are angry, you can simply say, I am very angry, very angry. But I love my anger because I know that it is equal with strength. And let me tell you why you can think this way. 
all of your emotions, what you call emotions, joy, sorrow, sadness, all of them, they are nothing but judgments that you place upon yourself, someone else, or something in your life. They all come from one power, the same power or the same force or the same source that is within you. This allows them to all be equal with each other. So, joy can be sadness. Sadness can be joy. Strength can be anger. Anger can be strength. Back and forth, you can change your emotions when you want to. Do not allow yourself to be stuck in any framework of emotion or emotional response or patterns of thinking. Because you need to realize that since everything is changing all of the time, you are changing also, which means that all of your emotions are changing. And it is best to represent yourself in the best way by expressing all of the emotions into the framework of your reality. Begin looking at your reality as being more of an illusion, more of energy, because this is what it is, you know. It is only and nothing more than and just energy. Begin thinking that you are energy a bit more. You are losing all of everything that is physical about you, step by step, slowly, bit by bit, and you are becoming more energy, more and more and more every day. Think this way. By thinking this way, you will then be in touch with more of what you call your reality, what I call illusion, because there are many dimensions within your reality, and in all of those dimensions, you exist as a probable life of your entire self. You need to understand and realize that, and you have heard this before, you know, you are a multidimensional being, which means that you exist within and with all of your lives here and now, but they are in dimensions within your reality, and you cannot see them because you are not aware of them. But by thinking in terms of energy, you will become more aware of those dimensions, and from time to time, you will find yourself slipping into those dimensions and seeing or reliving or living out one of your probable lives. Keep everything simple. As you do anything and everything in life, keep it simple, my friends. This is what it is all about. Complications do not work. Simple works, my friends. Remember that always. Simple works. So how do you feel? Amazed. Go ahead, Charlie. And why are you amazed, my friend? Because it's so true. And it really is so simple. This is the amazing part, because everybody thinks that there must be a complication attached to everything. Everything must be complicated. Not yes. at all. Everything is so simple, and if you think in terms of simplicity, bring everything down to its most simple form in your life, including yourself, and you will be absolutely amazed at how all things work. Yes. So, this is what I have to share with all of you at this point in time. So, I will thank you. It has been my pleasure being with you. And I want all of you to love yourselves more and more, or at least like yourselves more and more. I will tell you something. If you have a mirror in your home, every time you walk past your mirror, look at your reflection and say, hey, I like you. Do it every time. And soon you will find yourself saying, hey, I love you. 
This is what you want to do. You want to have self-love, because when you can love yourself more, then you can love everyone and everything in your reality, even those individuals that rub you the wrong way and put you in a bad mood. But realize one thing, you choose to be in that mood. You can also choose to be in a pleasant, more self-sustaining mood, which is all about self-confidence. When you are confident in yourself, then you can really teach other people how to be the same way. Because the ways you act will show them possible ways that they can begin to act also. So you are always teaching everyone and you are always learning from everyone at the same time. Thank you, my friends. I've enjoyed myself. And I want all of you to love yourselves. Enjoy your day. Enjoy everything about your day and everyone in your day. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow. To go. Oh my god. Where do you hear it? <laughs> I'll have to because I don't remember it. <laughs> that just that just shocked the hell out of me. <laughs> Especially with the touch of the, the the accent. Oh my god, like I I was I was just trying to fill the air so and you were like, Tom's ready, Tom's ready and I was like, Oh, I better shut up now and <laughs> Bam, I, I, I didn't Oh my god! And he was like, "How do you feel?" And I'm amazed. Uh, I was pretty stunned. Pretty stunned. Wow. Holy crap! I I didn't I didn't mean to um, try and direct you, uh, but from my experience and and Tom doing channeling and other in front of people, that people kind of get. Um, silent and they don't talk back and so I sometimes have to jump in and I, I kind of did yeah. that with you. I didn't mean to step on your toes. No, no, not at all because I didn't expect dialogue. I expected a monologue. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, here's but he was asking questions and you said hello and I was like, oh, okay, she's acknowledging. And then he asked, how do you feel, my friend? And you were like, Charlotte? It's like, oh, he's talking <laughs> I can, I can, it's a two-way phone call here? Oh, my God. And so I was, I did not expect it. You guys did more things. Oh, my God. That, He's I, very I interactive. Did the echo thing again, where he says a statement, then says it again. He's got that echo thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. It sounded, oh, my God, it's like reading the book. He talks, there was a rhythm. I was checking it out. <laughs> there was a rhythm. Uh, it, it's, yeah. it's like two paces at once. He he kind of accelerates, gets balanced. Accelerates, gets balanced. But I could feel it. I'll have to listen to it again and analyze the energy. And I don't want to tear it apart, but I'm just curious. Oh, my God, that was right, fantastic. Right, right. That was, I didn't know about the different voice. That wasn't Tom's. Tom, Tom. No, no, no that wasn't Oh, my Tom. God, look at the difference. <laughs> I, I couldn't remember what you sounded like, Tom. <laughs> I couldn't. Oh, and I'm I'm and I'm trained to to recognize sounds as a musician. That was yeah. oh quite the experience. Wow. Okay. How do you cool. feel? I'll have to hear it back. I feel good. Yeah. It'll be ready in about five minutes after we sign off. Well, um, Sue. Cool. That was that was amazing. Um, I was I was basically saying Sue that it's our job to get everybody else to a point where they don't need people like us. 
So right. you are actually doing your part to empower people by teaching them how to get in touch with their deceased loved ones on their own without having to look outside of themselves. And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my. And, Tom, anything you'd like to say before we sign off? Um, I I just had a lot of fun. I think you're really, really – I've been interviewed before. I've been on TV. I've been on radio. I've done the whole shot. And you are the most down-to-earth, uh, no-nonsense person that has interviewed me, that I've talked to. Um, real easy to be with, and I just I appreciate you. I had a good time. I think you're awesome. Wow. Remember I told you about those inner child contortions? Here they, here they come again. No, I'm not that good. I appreciate that. It warms my heart, and I gladly accept it. I accept it, and I allow it, and I will not apologize. <laughs> this has been a joy. Thank you so, so much. Anytime you want. I mean it. Cool. And I know you have some things in the works that are top secret, but oh, we're not going to yes. we're not going to give that away. But you are working on something, and it's very top secret. And when you are ready to uh, give birth to it and announce it to the world, you must come back, and we will have another conversation. But anything that you're working on, please, both of you, count me as a friend, and know that I'll do my best wow. to support you. Wonderful, thank you wonderful. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I. You know what? We have to end it here. It's I don't want to, but we have to. That was amazing, and you are both a delight, and I look forward to co-creating together in the future. How does that sound? That sounds good. That sounds really good. We will be All in right. touch with you. Perfect. Absolutely. Thanks so Thank much. Thank you again. You're welcome. Love you guys. Love you too. Wow. Okay. That is our show for today, everyone. I know you enjoyed that. Please share with your friends and family. Get this book. Allow yourself to recreate your life and make it all that you've ever wanted. And give yourself permission to be happy and joyous and abundant. Get yourself into alignment. You can do it through the techniques in this book. It is fabulous. I'm Charlotte Spicer. Until next time, God bless and be at peace. So long for now. <laughs>